0: It's Tuesday, April the 5th, welcome to Enough for Today for Tuesday. Thanks for joining me. We're in Psalm 39, and uh, I love this psalm. I don't know why. I think it's because I've been here plenty in my life, in my journey with God. You know, if you're going to walk with God for very long, it's not all mountaintops. Uh, not long ago, I was able to be in the Holy Land, and the entire land is such a metaphor of the Christian journey. Um, No matter what road you take, there's ups and downs, there's peaks and valleys, and especially the road of the patriarchs, which kind of goes up the spine of the center of the country. It's up and down and up and down, and twisting and winding and rocky, and some parts of it are green pasture, and some parts of it are dry desert, and some parts of it are rocky fields, and some parts of it are wooded, uh, wooded forests. Um, it's all over. It's, it's fertile plains and it's uh, fertile riverbeds and dry, arid uh, wilderness <clears throat> and everything in between. And so is your journey with God. If you walk with God, you're going to experience all kinds of terrain in this life, all kinds of emotions, all kinds of up and down. You're going to find Him to be absolutely dependable, absolutely steadfast, unmoving, unchanging, always present even when you don't sense him, always active even when you can't see it or feel it, always providing and protecting even when you wonder where your next meal is coming from, always guiding and directing even when you can't see through the fog. He's just faithful. He is so, so faithful. And David in Psalm 39 is in a dark place with soul And so what does he do? Well, first he tries to handle it on his own. He tries to be quiet and stuff it in and hold it in. He doesn't want to say the wrong thing. He tries to recluse to himself and get through it on his own strength. But it doesn't work. The emotions are burning up within him. He needs God. So eventually he does pour out his soul. He pours out his soul to God. And verse 7 we talked about yesterday, he decides to wait. He decides there's something worth waiting for. God must be active, even though he can't understand it. He decides to hope in the Lord. And then he begins to pray again. Uh, I think it's interesting. It's, it's almost like verses 5 and 6, he lands at this hopeless place. Verse 7, he says, So now, Lord, I, I guess I, all I can do is wait. I guess all I'll do is, there is no hope, but I'll, I'll hope in you. And then, look at verse 8 again it starts to surge up a little at least the energy to ask for deliverance returns Uh, by verses 5 and 6 he's just saying it's all vanity and there's no use to any of it it's all futile but apparently now verse 8 he sees at least enough light to say Lord could you deliver me is there deliverance from these transgressions from the results of my bad decisions is there a way you could make me not be a reproach to the foolish, to the scorners, to the rebels, to those that defy you and reject you, God, your enemies. Now look at verse 9, and I want to spend a few minutes here because I think there's a profound thought. I was dumb. That's just a reference to the fact that he held his silence, okay, that he decided not to speak. I opened not my mouth, and then he gives us a little bit of an insight as to why. Why did he decide to hold his peace? because thou didst it. Okay? Now, again, don't let the King James English complexify this, because you were doing this. I want you to stop and think about this. A minute ago, David said, at, at his best state, man is altogether vanity. Okay? In vain. It's all in vain. It's all useless. There's no point to it all. It's all futile. But by verse 9, David is not only saying, God, I, th- I still hope in you, I still believe you can deliver me. I still believe that there's a reason to pray. Um, but now David's looking back and he says, "I realize God, you're doing this. You're allowing this. Here's what I want you to see. This is a this is a profound ray of light in David's dark soul, okay? Uh, God, it's its the realization that God is active in David's depression, that God is active in David's dark moment, okay, in his low place, even in his thoughts of vanity and his questions of, um, of what's going on, futility. Even in the middle of all this, David realizes God is active, God's doing something. Now, the way this resonates with me is so many times in my life, and the, the prominent time, probably two most prominent times, one was when I had cancer, and the other was when I was so displaced in life, and God was re—he was transitioning us from ministry on the West Coast to in a thriving church to ministry in a hurting church on the East Coast, and it was a long, dark journey I'm not saying that the people were bad or the church was bad. It was wonderful in that respect. So many wonderful, loving friends, new friends and family, and they did a marvelous job of caring and loving us. But it was still a dark journey of my soul. And um, there's one thing that held me through it more than anything else, both cancer and relocation and transition and uh, the, the abandonment of my will, the slow surrender the slow death again of the script i had written for my life even as i sit here right now i am nowhere near the script i had envisioned for my life and at the same time every dream i've ever dreamed for the lord he's fulfilled in ways that i could have never imagined he would Now i want you to juxtaposition those two ironies together i'm so far off my own script even in this moment, and yet so near um, to the dreams of my own heart that God implanted in, in that heart so long ago. So it's just ironic how God takes us on this journey. And David realizes in this moment that the Lord is at work. The Lord is doing this. When I was sick and taking chemo and radiation, the thing that kept hope alive in my heart was that God was doing this. You know, I even had some Christian friends occasionally that would rebuke me when I would say, well, God gave me cancer. That's no, God didn't give you cancer. God doesn't do that. It's not God's will for you to have cancer. If you have enough faith, he's going to heal you. Now, listen, faith is believing that God can do whatever God wants to do and whatever God wills to do. But faith is also praying, not my will, but thine be done. And it was God's will for Jesus to suffer and I believed in that moment it was God's will for me to suffer. In fact, I know now, 11 years later, absolutely 100% it was God's will for me to suffer. So whether you want to you know, debate me theologically on whether God allowed it, permitted it, caused it, that's irrelevant. I stand by the fact that God led me into, God permitted me to suffer with cancer in accordance with his will. Um, and And... Peter taught us that in so doing we are partaking of the sufferings of Christ. That suffering has a divine, providential um, meaning, significance, value to it. Especially when it's permitted and ordained by God. And we're going to a land and a kingdom and a day where there will be no suffering. And we will rule and reign with Him in perfect peace and perfect in a perfect new kingdom but until then we we walk this life and there's there's times and there's seasons of suffering. And in all and in all of life in some ways we're suffering. Okay? We're suffering with decaying bodies and and just the struggle of survival. So, let's not fool ourselves, okay? But here's the beauty of it. Suffering that does not involve God does not interest me. I don't want to suffer if there's no hand of God in it and there's no work of God in it. There's no purpose of God unfolding. There's no hope or nothing to wait for, but take me into suffering where I know there's a light at the end of that tunnel. There's a purpose of God unfolding. There's a script of God. There's the work and the hand of God. Simply say to me, God's doing a work through this suffering, and everything changes. Everything changes. If this is the hand of God, then God's going to walk with me through it. He's going to give me the grace and mercy every day that I need. He will sustain me and he will deliver me. He will either deliver me into his presence or deliver me from the suffering so that I can continue living for him and serving him. One way or another he's going to deliver me. So my friend, this is the hope that I want you to feel and experience and consider and meditate on today. Lord, you're doing it. Where where are you, my friend? in the darkness of soul or depression or suffering. Just look up and say, God, I know you are active in this. And that gives me the that gives me the strength to wait and hope today. Happy Tuesday. Praying for you. We'll see you tomorrow.